Hello, and welcome to HGTV Obsessed, your podcast for all things HGTV. I'm your host, Marianne Canada, and today we are getting creepy and crafty for Halloween. That's right, it's finally October, and we have one of my favorite creative duos, Andrew and Dennis of the Crafty Lumberjack, on to talk about their favorite fall crafts and some really fun couples costume ideas. Then we have another Halloween-obsessed crafter and lifestyle writer, Jen Perkins. She's talking all about the Halloween trees that garnered the attention and shade of Andy Cohen and her favorite non-candy Halloween treats. This is a fun and festive episode, dare I say, full of tricks and treats. So let's get started with our crafty lumberjacks, Andrew and Dennis. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Andrew and Dennis, before we dive in, can you guys both introduce yourselves so everyone listening can kind of try to tell you both apart? Well, I'm Dennis Seta Ducati. I'm from Long Island, born and raised, now living in Astoria, Queens, New York. And I'm Andrew Boza, born and raised right outside of D.C. in Maryland. I like it. I like that we're getting a little of your origin story in there. But speaking of which, I've known you guys for years. We have worked together on HGTV Handmade so many times. I feel like we're family. But for those who maybe aren't as well-versed in the Crafty Lumberjack's origin story, can you give us a little your elevator pitch? Well, we're both known as the Crafty Lumberjacks. We met on the national tour of Fiddler on the Roof. We didn't know each other. We met there. We traveled the country and Canada for about two years. Yes. And in that time, we realized that we both had a mutual love of crafting. You know, Dennis's mom was a crafter growing up. My mom did crafts as well. So we just kind of gravitated towards that when we started getting to know each other. And then we started making crafts for the people in the cast because we were there for a lot of holidays, like Valentine's Day and stuff like that. So we just wanted to make things special. And yes. And then uh, actually our cast members were the ones who encouraged us to create a blog. So we we started uh, after the tour. We said, you know, it, this will be a great way to keep in touch with our cast members and the people that we've met along the way. So we decided to start a blog and the name Crafty Lumberjacks developed because we had to grow out long beards because <laughs> it was Fiddler on the Roof. You can't shave. And of course, we just wear flannel because, you know, men don't have too many options out there of clothing. Yes. And we were in Vancouver and this drunk guy kept catcalling us lumberjacks. We're walking to the theater. We had like a five show weekend or something like that. And we were just walking back and forth. And this guy was just like, lumberjacks, lumberjacks. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then we were thinking of our blog name. And Dennis said it as a joke. <laughs> yes. And I mean, we didn't think this would like stick with us 10 years later. But here know, we are. Here we are. <laughs> I just love that story so much. I love the idea of two craft-loving people meeting on a Broadway tour. How much does your love and background in theater have a role in your love of essentially like propping out your home? I mean, you guys go in hard for the holidays. Yes, we do. I mean, theater was our first love, you know? So uh, everything that we do has that base of a theatrical... uh, dramatic, full-on event, you know? And Marianne, you know, just when you're involved with the, with the theater, if you're an actor, you're not just acting. You oftentimes, especially when you grow up in the theater, you are making props, you're helping backstage, or you're doing the uh, sets, costumes. You're, yeah. yeah, 
So we kind of grew up doing all this stuff. And then, you know, if you're not in a theater, you just make your home a theater, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but our, our one tip, though, is like people always ask us like, oh, like, how do you make your home like so dramatic and stuff with theater, especially like lighting is key. And we say like, when you're decorating at home, like think that way too. bring in that lighting. Once you fix your lighting, like everything changes. So we always try to remember that. It's so inspiring to me because I definitely, even though I am a crafty person, and yes, you've outed me as also having a theater background, you guys really bring it up to another level in your apartment. And in fact, you did a handmade Halloween home tour a couple of years ago for HGTV, complete with this incredible haunted hallway. You had a Halloween tree, a laboratory lavatory. I love the way you guys manage to make the most of a small space. You know, you live in New York, you have a small apartment. So I have to ask what's in store for this year. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, we definitely have scaled back this year because we used to have these huge, epic Halloween parties and also a large Christmas party. But of course, with COVID, we kind of don't have that anymore. So now we're just essentially decorating for us and our cat. Yeah, so we're not doing a crazy hallway this year. We didn't do one last year either, which is a bummer. But sometimes I look back, I'm like, wow, we did all of that. But being in a small space, we really, since we craft so many of our things, we try to think of themes. And year after year, we repurpose our crafts. So like a lot of times we're like, what are we going to do with this? So we try to just combine like things and put it in one area. So it just, it's more cohesive and there are little vignettes. And that's kind of how we try to decorate our space. Before we pull everything out, we're like, okay, what should we do over here? So like this year, our like laboratory is all by our craft station over here instead of in the bathroom. Yeah, Um, so we we like to uh, move things around just to make it seem fresh and new. And definitely we will be doing a Halloween tree this year. Uh, You know, this is our fifth year of doing it. And it's something that we've grown to love. And, uh, you know, we're actually planning and creating all year long and thinking about it. So it's become just a, a new tradition for us. Yes, we're taught later in this very same episode, we're talking to Jen Perkins about her Halloween tree and her little, we're going to talk a little bit about her accidental online fight with Andy Cohen about his big feelings about Halloween trees. Who knew? They're harsh. I mean, she is like the OG Halloween tree queen. Yes. You know, we've been doing it for a while, but she has been doing it forever. She's incredible. I know my dream one day is to just get you guys together and set you loose decorating an entire house. Oh, we really (laughs) want to meet her. So you mentioned you're not throwing a Halloween party this year, which is a bummer. I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat or thinking about different ways to celebrate, you know, outdoors or something like that. But you guys are such amazing hosts. So I still would love just a few of your tips on what makes a fun Halloween party. Gosh, yes. You know, we are a little bummed this year. We might host like very small gatherings, but if you're doing something big or small, we always like to think of having activities. Dennis always jokes, we don't have a dog. And since our cat always hides under the bed, like, you know, when you have a dog at a party, it just becomes a social event. So if you're if you're a little uncomfortable around people, you always look for the dog. But since (laughs) we don't have a dog, we always like to keep people busy. So we will have uh, Uh, different activities uh, in different stations around our apartment. So we'll do like a Halloween trivia, like a game that people can have on a piece of paper with different multiple choice answers. And then usually midway throughout our event, well, we always have a signature cocktail too. Yes, that's true. You know, that's always always a great tip. (laughs) We also like to, since we're the Crafty Lumberjacks, we actually provide a craft 
that people can either make at the party or take it home with them and make it uh, after the event. Yeah, and the thing is, we did that once and then people just kept expecting it. So now when they come, they're like, well, where's my craft? I keep them up every year. I put them on the fridge. So I need my like annual craft. But just having something for people to do is always a great idea. It doesn't have to be communal. It can be... You know, something for people to do in their own groups or whatever. Yeah, but it's also really a great uh, time where people can have their own little icebreaker. If they don't know the other humans at the party, you know, they can all kind of craft and have an event together, share what they're making, show off their little project. And it really helps a lot of our friends from different circles of life come together. Yes. And we don't do this for our Halloween party, but we sometimes have hired a Santa for our Christmas parties. Now, Dennis found our Santa on Craigslist and he has a real beard. So, you know, it's legit. He always comes a little intoxicated. (laughs) Authentic. Yes. It's a busy time for him. You know, whatever gets you through. (laughs) We have not been able to find a Halloween alternative. That's so fun. And I mean, I know you're both vegan as well. So do you have any favorite like vegan Halloween treats or you're also known for your cocktails? Everything can be veganized basically now. But I will say what I've not found is a vegan candy corn. I'm always looking there. They're like, oh, you can make some like from scratch. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But... (laughs) For cocktails, we always gravitate towards whiskey and we always like something with like cinnamon, you know, throw those pumpkin spices and maybe add some, I don't know, uh, apple cider. People always love that, including ourselves. Yeah, something warm. Oh, I'm with you. Homemade candy corn is like my limit. Like I will make a lot of things from scratch, but not candy corn. Well, I know you guys have already been posting a lot of great Halloween crafts on your Instagram and on your blog this season. Where do you guys get your inspiration for new ideas because that is something I always really admire about you both is you're never really one to just take someone else's idea and like rehash it. You guys come up with the most original crafts every year. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, we're, we're so inspired by our community and our neighborhood. We live in Queens, Astoria, Queens, New York, which is actually the most diverse area in the world. So we're constantly inspired by our neighbors, people we see on the street, different storefronts, Yeah, but I will say just as a creator in general, it's getting harder and harder to think of original content just because so many people are creating now, which is wonderful. And there's so many great ideas that like sometimes we will get stuck because we'll see something. We're like, why didn't we think of that? And then it's really hard to peel away from that. But But we're also the type of people that will binge watch a show. And we're not just watching like the actors. We look at the set and the scenery behind them and say, oh, wait, look at that little thing on the table. That's so cute. I have a great way to like you know, elaborate off of that idea, you know? And then of course we come up with our best ideas in the shower. You know, when (laughs) when you're tuned out, you're just kind of relaxing. And then some of those great ideas hit us in the shower. That's true. That's very true. Hey, you know, you got to take that inspiration where you can. Speaking of inspiration, another fun Crafty Lumberjacks signature, I would say, is great couples costumes. You guys have come up with some really funny ones over the years. So I would love for you to just share some fun couple costume ideas and maybe let us know if you're dressing up this year. Oh gosh. Well, yeah, we have had a lot of fun with our couple's costumes. Our first one was Mario and Luigi. Of course, I was Luigi. Dennis was Mario. Mario. I know. He says Mario. (laughs) I don't know. We've done uh, the Sticky Bandits, which is one of our most iconic one from Home Alone. We've also done 90s Bugs and Taz. Yes. When we're thinking about our couple's costumes, because a lot of people ask us, like, how do I find a couple's costume? We always try to think of, like, our height difference. That kind of really sets us apart. So we're like the tall and the small is what we call ourselves. And so we, we've thought of, we have not done these yet, but we've thought of Burton Ernie. Pinky and, and the, the brain. brain is one that we want to do. One that's been Jay on our and list. Jay Silent Bob. 
Oh yeah, that would yes, be a good yes. one. Oh yeah. One that's on our list is Misery, and it's it's been there for years. We just have not Ooh. pulled it off yet. But you know, uh, Kathy Bates and uh, I don't know the, the other, other guy. guy. <laughs> that's a very dark turn for you guys. I also can't help but remember fondly the very first time we worked together. You guys did a tortoise and the hare couples costume, and it was so cute. But we will have to put a picture of you guys as the sticky bandits from Home Alone in the show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast, because I don't think you guys can top that one. It was so good. It's pretty iconic, you know, and we actually uh, reuse the costume and we'll still win prizes and things. And we feel a little guilty because we're like, well, we've already kind of done this. But, you know, what works, works. Hey, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, what about Teddy Krueger, your cat? Does he does he like to dress up? I have a feeling I don't know any cats that like to dress up. No, I don't know any cats I like to dress up either. And actually, we did a video a couple years ago on Handmaid. We did three different Halloween costumes for Teddy. And Marianne, you weren't there for that one, but it was just a disaster shooting. The drama. I mean, Grayson did a great <laughs> job. No, it was our fault. I mean, we thought it'd be great, but we ended up having to put this like tuna spread all over like the props just so we would go near them. It was just... And we're such helicopter parents when it comes to our cat. So as soon as we put something on him and we could tell he doesn't like it, we're like, oh no, get it off, get it off. I think that's good. Sometimes I feel there are dogs, I think, that like it, that think it's fun. But in general, sometimes I just have to feel a little bad for the pets getting all all dressed up. They're not into it. But I mean, obviously today we're talking a lot about Halloween, but I know you guys decorate for a lot of holidays. And of course, you live in New York. You have a, a decently sized apartment for New York, but it is still very petite, not a lot of storage. So I just have to ask, like, how do you store all of this stuff? Well, we really only have three closets and one is dedicated to clothes, one's to coats. And then the other one we call our occasions closet, which is like all our favorite things that we just can't put in storage. But we do have a storage unit and we're lucky enough to live close enough to Dennis's mom's house where we store a lot of stuff in her basement, like our big stuff. So we have like three different Halloween trees and uh, I know, oi. Yes. And so like they, they stay at like Dennis's mom's and it just gets more and more. Yes. But. And just every time we go, we, we'll start bringing things over in July. So every time we go, we'll load the car a little bit, bring three bins, you know, one trip. Then the next week we'll bring another two bins and it just kind of keeps going. <laughs> but we will say we spend more time kind of trying to shuffle our stuff and just figure out how to get it into the apartment than actually decorating so it's a goal. It's a goal to find a, a home with a basement or some sort of attic space or something. You got to have somewhere to put all of those trees. That's a very, your mother is very sweet and very patient to support all of your, your extra trees. Yes, we feel very lucky. Well, before we let you guys go, we, you know, we love a good rapid fire moment. So we thought we'd do a little Halloween rapid fire with the two of you. Are you ready? Yes. Favorite Halloween movie? Oh my gosh. Uh, I love Monster Squad. I love Ooh. Beetlejuice. Oh, that is a good one. I have already outed myself as loving The Nightmare Before Christmas because it works straight through to Christmas. I love a movie with longevity. Okay, favorite creepy character, whether it's just a, a generic or a specific spooky character. Oh, I, I've been thinking a lot about like the Wolfman lately. Hmm. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I always gravitate towards like a skeleton. We decorate a lot with skeletons. So I always love like just a skeleton. They're so versatile. Yes, you've got, I see like at least three or four behind you as we're talking. What is your favorite thing about Halloween in New York? 
just that Halloween is celebrated all year because there's so many wild characters walking around the streets of New York always. <laughs> if you could write a Halloween musical, what would it be called? Okay, we talked a lot about this and we we thought Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Have you ever seen that movie? That needs to be turned yes! into a musical and Elvira needs, needs to, to be, be on Broadway. Broadway. Get her to- on Broadway. Yes. <laughs> you guys, I really actually need you to make this happen. <laughs> Um, the most underrated Halloween candy. I, I always liked bottle caps as a kid. That Ooh. was kind of the candy. I didn't do chocolate or anything, so I would say bottle caps. I'm, I'm not a huge candy person, but I always liked Good and Plenty. Well, there's always one. <laughs> I'm with you on bottle caps, though. The root beer flavor is delicious. My daughter's first birthday had a soda pop theme, and uh, bought, we gave bottle caps as the party favors. Just a little fun fact. Um, okay. And lastly, before we leave you, your favorite cozy fall activities. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I love cooking. I love cooking this time of year. I feel like it's, there's just like something so comforting about fall foods. So yes. And I, I love day drinking. So, like a winery <laughs> out on Long Island, all the leaves are changing. I'm not yes. drenched in sweat, you know, and I could just enjoy, you know, the surroundings and just have a good time. I mean, honestly, put your hands together, day drinking and cooking. This sounds like a solid weekend. Well, Andrew and Dennis, I just love you guys so much. And I'm so glad we finally got to talk to you. Thank you for having us. This is a blast. It's no secret if you've been listening for a while that I am not the biggest fan of fall, but I've been trying to embrace it. And I will say I love Halloween. This is really making me wonder if I can throw together a last minute Halloween party of my very own. Anyway, next up, we're talking to Jen Perkins, and she is dishing about her kitschy, creepy Halloween home in Austin and some of her favorite places to source Halloween decor. Here's our chat. Jen Perkins. Hello. Jen, I'm so excited to have you on today to talk about, you know, really kicking off the Halloween season because you are one of the people in my life that embodies Halloween to me. You know, I know that you describe your style as colorful and kitschy and crafty. And for anyone who isn't familiar with Jen's personal style of Halloween decorating, we will definitely share her Halloween home tour. But I'd love for you to chat a little bit about some of maybe the more unexpected items or design choices that we might find in your home this time of year. I try to go for unexpected year round, but it probably especially flares up at Halloween. You know, I find with like Halloween, like a lot of times, like you kind of have to go with unexpected for the looks that I like, whether when I was younger and I was like into making jewelry or, you know, whatever crap, like a lot of times I can't roll it to the store and find what I'm looking for. So I kind of have to think outside the the Halloween box. And I like to say that I, I start to see the world through pumpkin orange colored glasses. <laughs> so it's like, if you look at something long enough, you can kind of start to think of like, now how could that work? And like, a Halloween vignette. I mean, obviously, like I collect lots of like vintage medical models or like orange slag glass or like black candy jars, just kind of weird 
stuff like that that on its own might not scream Halloween or vintage cameras, but like all together, you're like, wow, one vintage camera, not creepy. 20 vintage cameras. Now you're talking. Exactly. <laughs> Anything in bulk, you can, you can make it creepy. <laughs> it's so true. Well, and you don't just decorate your house. You are a big advocate for Halloween trees. Actually, you're a big advocate for holiday trees in general throughout the year. But I know that your own personal Halloween tree got some heat or hate from Andy Cohen. I just want to I want you to talk through this with us because as someone who knows you, it was really it was really an experience to watch it unfold. It, well, it was hilarious because I was like, all of a sudden, like one night, like my Instagram like messages started like popping off and I was like, what is happening? You know, like sometimes around this time of year, someone will feature me like HGTV and all of a sudden it's like, where are these new people coming from? But I opened it and all these people were like, your candy corn tree was on, you know, Bravo. Like Andy was talking about on the Bravo clubhouse. And I was like, what? Like all excited. And then finally someone who I'd never met had like taken a video on her phone and sent it to me. And I was like, oh snap, he wasn't saying nice things about my tree. <laughs> I mean, I forget what he calls it. Like his like the ding dong of the week or the, you know, something. I mean, he wasn't being, it's not like I cried myself to sleep. I'm a, I'm a large proponent of the, like, as long as they spell your name, right. It doesn't matter what they say about you though. I will say for the record, he did not credit me or my photo, but Mm. I did take it as a compliment that that many people like recognized it as my tree and knew to reach out to me. I guess there's not a lot of candy corn colored trees out there in the world. So people know it was me. And then he did it again, like the New Year's Eve thing with Anderson Cooper on CNN. I was like, he's even dragging Anderson in on this. But you got to get a photo credit. You got to like tag the tag the artist. I know. Well, you know, one day he's going to come to his senses and he's going to come have me do a Halloween tree in the Bravo Clubhouse and I'm going to be there for it. It's okay. We'll kiss and make up and it'll be fine. We're just going to put that out into the universe. I'm here for it. I do have to ask, you know, when did you get the idea to start decorating a Halloween tree and how have they evolved over the years? Because it's never the same tree every year. You know, I was thinking about it and I guess it was probably about the same time I had my daughter because then when she was little, that's when I started having a big Halloween party. And so I started kind of decorating for that. And I remember it was like a little like silver aluminum tree that I was like, oh, this kind of matches with a black and white skeleton theme. And then I realized like a tree is like a good way to display small collectibles because a lot of vintage Halloween collectibles are like those little noisemakers or little like package, like 70s and 80s wax crayons that you would use to paint your face or whatever. And those are hard to display unless you have like a shelf full of curios. I just realized that trees were a great way to display like collections, you know, whether it be your 20 creepy cameras. So it started with that one tree and then ever after, then it kind of got more. And then a company reached out to me and sent me like the candy corn tree. And then from there, I was just like, what trees come in all colors, shapes and sizes? You could have one, but why wouldn't you could have a hundred? I mean, I can only imagine what your storage situation looks like. I'm picturing kind of a room of requirement type situation that's just filled with decor for every holiday. I tell people I have two attics. The double whammy is in Texas. I can't put things like pink trees or white trees up in the attic because they'll yellow, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have like my blacks and my dark greens up in the attic and my husband works from home and his office has a closet 
but it's like a clown car. Like if you open it, like it's an avalanche of like fake trees. It takes like two people to close it. It's like jack in the box of like trees coming out at you. So it's kind of dangerous, but you know, it works. You got to put it somewhere. When you're decorating for Halloween, do you tend to lean more cutesy or more creepy? That's a constant conversation at HGTV, like the the line between scary Halloween and like cute Halloween. I definitely skew cute, probably because like I said, I kind of got started on this kick of Halloween obsession from having a children's party. So it always kind of had to be kid friendly. And my kids are still 10 and 12. And then I have six and eight year old nephews who are at my house constantly. So I can't have anything too scary. Plus, honestly, like I just don't aesthetically, I just don't vibe with like severed hands and you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just not my look because let's be real. Those colors, they're just, they're not bright enough. And kitschy fake blood is not in my color wheelhouse. So I have to, <laughs> I have to go beyond that. Fake blood is not in my color wheelhouse. So I think that's like our our pull quote for the episode. (laughs) You clearly have a real eye for these collections, like you mentioned. So where do you source most of your Halloween items? You know, say someone is kind of starting from scratch and wants to build their Halloween decor stash. Where should they start? I am never going to turn my nose up to Target. Lots of the big box stores have cute stuff. I love vintage stuff. So, you know, I go to a lot of flea markets, a lot of thrift stores, spend a lot of time combing those aisles. The thing about vintage Halloween, unlike, say, vintage Christmas, where it was mass produced, Halloween just wasn't as produced back then. So it can be harder to find vintage Halloween, like those masks that I have or the Mm -hmm. paper mache pumpkins. So you, if you want vintage in your collection, you got to put in a little more time and effort. There's eBay or Etsy, but I'm one of those people that like, I feel like that's like shooting fish in a barrel. Right. You like the challenge. I do. And I need to like see it and look at it. So, I mean, think of it like in baby steps, like Halloween collection was not born in a day. Mine has been accrued over several years and it's always growing. So fun. Not only are you a great place for inspiration for decorating, but Your blog is like a treasure trove of Halloween crafts and content. So if you could encourage us to try one of your crafts for this time of year, what would it be? You know, I'm always really partial to the ones where like it's either for kids or the kids could get involved in. Really, truly, one of my favorites is, and we, you and I just worked together on a remake of it, was just redid the little monster play tent for kids. Mm -hmm. And I love that one. But I got to tell you, the OG, the like little witch tent I did, I really loved that witch tent. I thought it came out really cute. I mean, little kids love a pop-up tent, you know? And for me, like when I would have the Halloween party, I would always put that out and the little kids would always like gravitate to it. Kids love a tent. It's so true. And yes, Jen just did a bunch of Halloween crafts for HGTV.com. And so we'll make sure that we link to that in the show notes because there's some really fun stuff. And what I also love is so much of it is like upcycled from household items. It's very approachable and very affordable. Now I want to pivot. I want to pivot a little bit towards the candy side of things because I know that you you have children with allergies and so you have a lot of great ideas for non-candy alternatives for trick or treating. Can you share a few of those ideas? 
I'm always a big proponent on things like, you know, you can go to the store and you can buy like little bubbles or little monster fingers, you know, all the little spider rings, all those kinds of things. Like those are good. But I also, you know, I have some things that I've made, like you could do little like single serve, like Halloween slimes. I've made like chopped fingers, like glow in the dark chopped fingers. All you need is like glow in the dark paint plaster of Paris. Some of those things too, unlike candy, like let's say if you give out like chalk or crayons, like I like to encourage like crafts, not candy was my motto for a long time. You know, Mm -hmm. the kids will, you know, enjoy that and use that more than they will like that candy that they're going to eat. Or in my case, a lot of times, like I'm going to sneak and eat in the middle of the night. I don't eat their candy. So give, please God, give my children chalk. So, you know, I don't eat all their candy in the night. (laughs) I think we've all been there for sure. And, you know, let's say that maybe a family has decided not to trick or treat this year for various reasons. Do you have any other fun activity ideas they could do together to get in the Halloween spirit? I mean, there's always, you know, watch a movie. I think like, and you know, I know if you already watch movies all the time, like that's great. But if you can somehow like rig it to watch it outside, I swear you could watch a movie you've seen a gazillion times. But somehow if you take the movie party like out into the backyard, like that movie becomes 20 times more entertaining to your children cooking together, bake some, I don't know, something Halloween-y like a treat or a pumpkin soup or something. There's all kinds of stuff. So fun. I've been feeling nostalgic for like the old school haunted house, you know, peeled eyeballs or bowl of spaghetti. And I feel like that would be right up my eight-year-old's alley. Oh my gosh. I remember I had a birthday party as a child and my mom did that because I'm a, I'm a Libra. So I had like an October birthday. So my mom, I can remember like, you know, taking us one by one into the kitchen blindfolded and like doing all that. And like, I loved it. Like I still remember that birthday. So. Well, before we let you go, we thought it would be fun to do a little Halloween rapid fire with you. So are you up for the challenge? I'm always up for the challenge. All right. What is your favorite Halloween movie? Probably Poltergeist is my favorite. Ooh. Movie. It's a good one. It's a classic. My gosh, that deeply scarred me as a child. <laughs> I may not be ready to revisit it. What about favorite Halloween treat? Favorite Halloween treat. Gosh, you know, I love those. Like, I'm sure you've seen them on like Pinterest, like those little creepy, like shortbread, like witch fingers. And they put like an almond sliver as a fingernail. Tasty. Love a good butter cookie, right? (laughs) All right, let's talk pumpkins. Do you carve a fresh pumpkin or are you more into the the foam funkins? I am team both because I love the faux pumpkins because I can use them again and again. And I have been known to like, my poor kids, like they painted their own little funkins last year. Boy, I repainted those suckers and repurposed them this year. So, but my kids also do love the real pumpkin, like the experience of the real pumpkin. So we do both. I'm not a huge fan of carving pumpkins, but you just have to do at least one. Because it never comes out how you want it. It's slimy and it's messy and the kids quit in five minutes and then I'm left with it. I started outsourcing it to my husband. I was like, you know what? I do all this other stuff. You can carve this pumpkin. All right. What was the first Halloween costume you ever wore? You know, I think I have a picture of it. I think I was Wonder Woman. I would like get a little felt Wonder Woman outfit. It's the first one I can remember. The first one I have a picture of. Yes. And do you believe in ghosts? You know, I don't not believe in ghosts, but it's not anything. I grew up in like a 120 year old house. So I probably had to stay in a constant state of denial so that I could actually go to sleep at night. All right. And lastly, candy corn. That is the question. Yes. 
always candy corn and you have to eat it like one, like the tip of the triangle, then the middle of the triangle, then the last piece. You have to eat it in three bites. See, I knew we were kindred spirits. Jen, this was so much fun. And everyone really, you should go check out all of Jen's craft videos. We'll put everything in the show notes, but thank you so much. We'll have to have you come back on to talk about the next thing that you anger Andy Cohen over. Keep you posted. Valentine trees, Easter trees. Like let's, let's keep going. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our crafty Halloween episode. I want to give a special thanks to my buddies, Andrew and Dennis, AKA the crafty lumberjacks for joining us. You can find them on Instagram at crafty lumberjacks and watch their Halloween handmade home tour on HGTV.com. And another thanks to the queen of Halloween, Jennifer Perkins, who you can find at Jennifer Perkins for her fun Halloween tips and tricks. You can catch her kitschy Austin, Texas home tour on HGTV.com as well. You can learn even more about all of our guests by checking out our show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast. And as usual, if you love today's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. Don't forget to follow HGTV Obsessed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next Thursday. Bye.